Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. This is Trumpet Radio on 101.3 KPCG, and we're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. I'm Dwight Falk. If you miss any of our uh, programming live, you can always catch the podcasts, and that's, uh, of course, online at kpcg.fm, thetrumpet.com, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And that's true of all the programming that is here on KPCG. As we've talked about before on this program, there is a truth that man does not have an immortal soul. Many people think that man does have this immortal soul, as they call it, that uh, goes to heaven if a person's good when they die, or it goes to hell if they've not done good in this life. But that's not the truth. There's a much greater potential to man than that. Man's ultimate potential is to become spirit, an actual God being in the God family, to change, to be different, to become a God being. Now, Job, you might know some about him from the Bible and from the book that has his name, but he asked a very important question about man and something probably most people have thought about at some point in life. He asked the question about what happens to a person after they die. What happens? And uh, he also gave the answer to that question, and it's recorded in the Bible for us. So let's take a look at that question and that answer in the book of Job. And if you have a Bible, please get it out. We could look at these together. We have a few passages to look at and examine today. And we're looking at what happens to man. What is man's potential? Do we just die and that's it, or is there more to the story? Notice Job 14, verses 14 through 15. Job asks, if a man die, shall he live again? That's a great question, and a question that probably everybody has asked at some point. He says, all the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. So he's talking about something happening here. There's going to be a change, and he knew about it. Verse 15, it says, you shall call, and I will answer you. You will have a desire to the work of your hands. And so he's talking about God there. God's going to call, and he's going to answer. Job's going to do something there when he's called. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 53, shows that this change from physical to spirit will occur for God's first fruits at the return of Christ. He's talking about a resurrection from the dead, and he's talking about being resurrected to eternal life. This same change will occur at a later time for those that are called after the return of Christ. So there's a, there's a time sequence to the resurrections, and there's a plan for everybody. There's nobody that's excluded. Now, you know, again, there, there is a truth that uh, if a person just refuses to obey God, then at some point they um, don't have a future. But most people will obey God when their minds are opened, when they're given a chance to learn, and they're going to then grow and develop the character of God and ultimately fulfill that incredible human potential. 
be born into the family of God. God will call, and they will answer. They will be resurrected to eternal life. And so that's the potential. Man's potential is to be born into the very family of God as a God being, an actual son of God, not adopted, but born a son of God, a God being, a spirit with immortality that lives and lives and lives, has life inherent and doesn't require food and you know oxygen and all those things that we require to live today physically, which is just a temporary existence. But God wants to offer us and is offering us an eternal existence. Now, Satan hates that potential. Satan hates that potential that mankind has, and of course he tries to hide it. You can look at 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. We reference that pretty often, but it's very important. Satan is the god of this world. He deceives this world. He deceives them. And people think that they're following God and God's truth, and in many cases they're actually following deceptions that Satan has fostered and that he has um, put out there and that mankind has believed. Satan hates that potential. But it is the potential that every human being has, and it's a wonderful potential to be born as a God, as a son of God, into the very family of God. Notice this in Psalm 17 and verse 15. Psalm 17 and verse 15, it says, As for me, I will behold your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with your likeness. This isn't talking about waking up in the morning. It's talking about being resurrected from the dead. And when we go to sleep at night and we wake up in the morning, if we've had a good sleep, we don't really know about what happened in the in-between. We rest and, and we're not even aware of things if we've had a good sleep. Well, death is like that. You know, Christ talked about that, death being sleep. And people didn't understand what he was saying. He was talking about Lazarus. And he said, Lazarus is dead, finally. He had to get them to understand that Lazarus was dead. But the thing was, is he referred to it as sleep because people are resurrected from that. People are resurrected from the dead. They're woken up. And so here in Psalm 17 and verse 15, it talks about being resurrected with God's likeness and beholding God's face. Now, just think about that. I mean, God's face shines like the sun in full strength. You can't look at that today. Not really. I mean, you can kind of glance at it briefly, but you can't look at it because it's too bright. It would blind us. But this is different because, again, in the resurrection here, being resurrected as a God being, we'll have that glory. Now, it won't be on the level of God the Father's of Christ, of course, but it will be incredible. And when those who are dead in Christ are awoken or resurrected, they will have God's likeness, look like God, and actually be spirit. And you can look at Revelation 1 to see the glorified Christ and how his face shines like the sun in its full strength. And as I mentioned, humanly, you know, you know you can't stare at the sun. You should not do that. It's bad for you. It hurts your eyes. We couldn't even get close to doing that. But as a God being, those physical limitations will be gone. And we too will shine like the stars. That's what Daniel says. You can read that in the book of Daniel. This is the potential of mankind. This is mankind's potential. And it's so exciting and thrilling. And yet, you don't hear much about it. Because Satan has deceived people. He hates that potential. And he doesn't want people to understand it. And he doesn't want them to strive to be like God. 
He doesn't want them to see what their future is. There are still people that, again, many that believe the lie that Satan has pushed off on people that uh, there is an immortal soul in man. And they point sometimes to a certain scripture to uh, say that the Bible says that, but it's a misunderstanding. It's in Philippians 1. And let's look at this. Philippians 1, verses 23 through 24. It says, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart, and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. The Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course, that's a free course at thetrumpet.com. And uh, you please sign up for that if you don't have it. But it notes this about this passage. It says, All Christians should have the same desire. I mean, we want to be in the family of God, of course. But does this verse state when Paul would be with Christ? Absolutely not. But people try to read certain ideas into this verse. And that's always where the confusion comes in, where there's an idea that somebody already has that they've heard, and then they find a verse and they say, well, that seems to say that, and they, they kind of read into it. Now, again, see, Paul knew there was a certain time that he would be with Christ. He wasn't saying that immediately upon death he would instantly be with Christ. I mean, when a person dies, to their knowledge, it's pretty instant because they don't know anything in the in-between when they're dead. But it's not instantaneous because Christ hasn't returned yet. There's still a plan. There's a time element to it. Notice 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8. And again, this shows that Paul knew that there was a certain time that he would be with Christ. And so that's why it's important to look at all the passages about a certain topic, because it puts the whole picture together. If we look at one passage, then sometimes we don't get the full meaning. Notice 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8. He says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So again, Paul was greatly anticipating the reward that Christ had for him. But he knew there was a time element to it. He said, he's going to give me at that day. Well, what day? Well, the day of Christ's return, when the first resurrection is. Notice Revelation 22 and verse 12. Christ says, Behold, I come quickly. And he does, and we can't be, uh, we can't be nonchalant about that. Christ will return, and it is going to be quickly. He says, And my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. So Christ will return. And he will resurrect his first fruit saints that are dead and change those who are alive at that time and give them a reward. They're going to be given a reward. Paul talked about that. He was looking forward to his reward, a crown of righteousness, being resurrected, being a God being. And the timing of these events is clearly laid out here in the Bible. See, no one receives their reward until Christ returns. So Paul knew that it would be at a certain time that he would be given his reward, that he'd be resurrected, and that would be at the return of Christ. So he understood that. 
And if you read all the passages about that and what Paul said about it, you can clearly see that. No one receives their reward until Christ returns. All those who are dead are unconscious until Christ resurrects them to life. So they don't know anything. You know, they're not there suffering or <laughs> thinking about anything. or They're just dead. It's like going to sleep, like we mentioned earlier. You know, when you go to sleep, if you have a good sleep, and those are nice to have, uh, you don't know anything. It's like, wow, where did the time go? It just flies by, right? You don't know anything. It's the same thing with people that are dead right now. David, Abraham, Moses. You can think of all the greats, the men and the women of the Bible that obeyed God and are going to be resurrected in that first resurrection at Christ's return. They've been dead for years. They don't know anything. You know, they're just, they're sleeping, as it were, and Christ will resurrect them. They'll be called, like Job said, you know, they'll be called and they'll answer. <laughs> they'll answer because uh, Christ has that power to resurrect. Notice this quote from the correspondence course. It says, those who are dead in their graves are not conscious. They have no knowledge of passing time. The very next moment of their consciousness will be the time of the resurrection. That is why Paul wrote what he did in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 9, where he said, Wherefore we labor, while yet alive, that whether present, meaning, in other words, alive in the flesh, or absent, which means dead in the grave, we may be accepted of him. The Apostle Paul, the quote continues, often wrote about the resurrection of Christians at the second coming of Jesus Christ and about the rewards they will receive at that time. Paul expected to receive the reward of his labors and to be with Christ at the resurrection from the dead, the awesome event to which every true Christian eagerly looks forward. He was looking forward to being resurrected. He was looking forward to what Job talked about to be called and to answer and to be resurrected. And, of course, Paul fought the good fight. He really did. And he has a great reward waiting for him. And he understood that there was a time sequence to when he'd be resurrected. Here is one more passage that uh, we need to understand, talking about this topic of man and our potential and the time frame of resurrection, the first resurrection. And, you know, in all that, understanding that man doesn't have an immortal soul that instantly goes somewhere when they die. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 23, it says this, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's an interesting passage. And again, if, if somebody has a preconceived idea about the immortal soul, they could read into this, right? I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved. What are they talking about there? What, what is that? Well, notice this quote here from the correspondence course that explains it. It says, Paul here referred to the mind and man when he used the word spirit and to the physical life when he used the word soul and to the flesh when he used the word body. So in other words, it would be like saying something like this. The man had a horrible accident. His body was paralyzed, but he remains a living soul, and he is in good spirits. <laughs> right? 
we would understand that if somebody said that, we'd understand what they were talking about, that yes, his, the physical body can't move right now, but he's still alive, he's a living soul, and he's in good spirits, his his mind is active, and he's he's a happy person. We'd understand that. We wouldn't think it was talking about you know, spirit realm and thing like things like that. See, we'd say we'd say something like that. In other words, the body was damaged. He's still alive physically, and his thoughts are positive, right? So, again, it's just the way that Paul was explaining it there that he used the word spirit to refer to the mind and to the physical life when he used the word soul and to the flesh when he used the word body. So. Again, if somebody has a preconceived idea, it's easy to read into that passage in First Thessalonians 5 and think, well, he's talking about the mortal soul. He's not. But we have to understand, again, all of the different passages and put them together, and that's Mr. Armstrong always talked about that. The Bible is a puzzle, right? So it has different pieces, and you've got to put the pieces together in the right order, and then you get the complete picture. Notice this quote from the Correspondence Course. It says, how plain the Bible really is. Man is mortal, corruptible flesh, organic matter with a temporary life. He does not have eternal life inherent within himself. He does not have an immortal soul. He is a physical, fleshly creature destined to die, turn to dust, and remain that way, except for the intervention of the Almighty, except for the resurrection from the dead. See, there's a resurrection from the dead. There's three. <laughs> the first one is for those that God's called, and they've qualified to be resurrected. They've developed the character of God uh, before Christ's return, and uh, they'll be resurrected at Christ's return. Those that are called after Christ's return, there's a, there's a resurrection from them, for the dead, from the dead, and uh, where they inherit eternal life as well, and that happens later. The third resurrection is the one nobody wants to be in, and that's where people have just refused to obey God. Given They've been given every opportunity. They just refuse to do it. It's a resurrection to eternal death, to dying, and being just ceasing to have life. So, again, there's a lot more information about that at thetrumpet.com, and you can learn more about that at the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course lessons going through those. Uh, they're great lessons to go through, and they'll take you through all these truths of the Bible that are so important. They're so vital for us to understand and, um, again, and re- review because it's so easy to forget things or to get confused sometimes on things because there's such deception in the world. And we really need to make sure we understand what God says in his word. Let's uh, finish today where we started there at Job 14. And see, again, how Job asked and answered this most important question that comes to all of our minds from time to time. Job 14, verses 14 through 15. Job said, If a man die, and we all do, shall he live again? Will your relatives live again? Will you live again? It says, All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. There's a change coming for man. He says, you shall call, and I will answer you. You will have a desire to the work of your hands. Man has an incredible, awesome human potential. And it's one that should excite us, encourage us, give us hope. (laughs) We've all had loved ones die, and, and you miss them. But they will be resurrected. 
They will be resurrected. God has a plan for every human being. Nobody's left out. The incredible human potential is something that God offers to every man and to every woman, to every person. You can learn so much more about that by reading the book, The Incredible Human Potential. That's a free book. It's at thetrumpet.com. It'll give you a lot of hope and encouragement and will inspire you greatly. Please get that. It's free. The Incredible Human Potential. That's at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.